With so many different platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and their purposes evolving daily, navigating social media can be, well, complicated. Welcome to the Social Media Sucks Podcast from Cupco. Social media. Social media. Social media. Social media. Really sucks. Where we unpack the latest trends and help remove the suck from social media. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Chris Cabernas, and welcome to Social Media Sucks, the podcast that goes through the latest news on social media and also takes the latest trends and removes the suck from social media because social media does suck, and we're here to unsuck it <laughs> if that's possible. So, uh, yeah, let's just jump right into it. Hopefully it is possible. Welcome to Social Media Snacks. Today we are going to discuss some of the latest news concerning Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. And also we will talk about the social dilemma, the infamous Netflix documentary that was just launched in September and already stirred some emotions globally. Thank you so much for listening. So I am Eva and I am responsible for the marketing activities of Capco. And today I'm here with Andy. Hey guys, I am Andy. I'm a content strategist at Cupco, and it's good to be here. And I'm Chris. I'm the CEO of Cupco. I'm also uh, one of our strategists and yeah, generally involved in a lot of client work. So this is what I do. All right. So, so Chris, why yes. are we doing this? This year, right now, the podcast? Exactly. <laughs> we love podcasts. Uh, I personally listen to four or five every week. And I think it's a great format to teach. I think it's a great format to reach out to potential customers, also reach out to others in the industry and share knowledge and talk about important issues going on with uh, the social media, marketing, digital media industry. So I think it's a great format. And I think a lot of, um, a lot of our customers also want to get into podcasting. So we're using this also as a vehicle to show how it's done and, and what we can do with it. So that's why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope it's a, I know it'll be a big success. Mm-hmm. I don't hope, I know it's going to be a big success. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do we have some learnings, Andy, from the previous take when we tried this? Yes. Um, well, in the first place, we learned that I uh, kind of suck at project management. Um, but we also learned that um, doing social media is, of course, hard work. But doing a live podcast show weekly is even uh, even harder. So we are not going live with this show anymore. It's going to be a weekly podcast slash um, video podcast. And then, uh, yeah, I think the key learnings were just like, um, take it a bit easier on us and try to focus on providing value for our listeners so and viewers. So that's what that's what why we are here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, we had a previous podcast that was actually live streamed at the same time. And that was very exciting to do, but also uh, a little bit time consuming in terms of, of production. So we decided to do it this way. And I think it's going to be the production values up. Obviously, if, if those of you who are able to see the video and are watching the video, uh, the production values are, are up a bit, which is great, um, but we're not going live anymore. So hopefully you guys can consume this in your own time on demand whenever you can. So, yep. I'm sure that we will have an episode dedicated just for podcasts. So we will have some other yeah, opportunities. We can talk to, about the great things about podcasting. About yeah. We can oh. stand on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and I can better outline my learnings from the previous project. 
Yes, good idea. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we have some short news that we prepared that we are going to talk about. And the first would be the removal of the 20% rule uh, in Facebook ads. Right. So maybe we can just like start explaining what was the rule, what, how it changed, and what do you guys think is going to affect the ads for advertisers and for the users? Right. So should I explain the, the 20% rule? For those of you listening that don't know the Facebook 20% overlay rule was basically a rule that Facebook had in its advertising where text wasn't allowed to exceed 20% of the final image. And there were some workarounds with that. Obviously, you could do video and then text, you know, you can mix it in. Uh, and a lot of brands did that. But a lot, a lot of times, not a lot of times, but many times you would get caught with, oh, you've got too much text on this image. So therefore, the reach isn't going to be as good and the success of the ad is not going to be that good. And Facebook recently, apparently, actually, they've been they've been sort of playing with reducing it or, or sort of turning on and off the rule for a while. And um, some marketers were able to sneak some stuff through. I know we snuck some stuff through as well, which was great. Uh, but now they've just decided to completely abolish that rule. And now it's uh, the Wild West. You can put as much text on as you want or as little. I mean, it's up to, it's up to you as the, as the agency or the brand that's doing the advertising. And I think it's just going to make the whole thing a bit more interesting, I think. People can get a bit more creative. And of course, of course, um, ads with more visuals and less text will still probably perform better. But you think? Well, it's, it's an interesting... Um, it's an interesting direction Facebook is taking, but I think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see uh, to do some A/B split tests and see a lot of text versus less text and seeing yeah. how it plays out. I think uh, that's going to be interesting to to test those things out. What draws your eye, though? I mean, like on Instagram, obviously, when you're scrolling in the feed, we've seen from a from a organic standpoint. You've seen a lot of put, people put a lot of text, and that grabs your attention, obviously, because the text, the, the post, the imaged post is the first thing you see in the caption second, whereas in Facebook, it's totally different. It's flipped. And I think that for Instagram ads, it's going to work really well for the, for the 20%. I actually ran an ad that was huge amount of text okay. just to see what was happening versus uh, the same post just with a little bit of less text and the less text kicked its ass. Of those of you listening on the podcast, uh, go to our highlights. I'll put something in our, in our Instagram highlights for Facebook ads and I'll show you the, t the different uh, split tests and show you the, the, the results because I think it's quite, quite interesting. Yep. Yeah, and I think everyone should, of course, keep on split testing. Or if you haven't been doing it before, then what are you waiting for? <laughs> what are you waiting for? Start <laughs> splitting. <laughs> That's going to be a new uh, new t-shirt. Start, Start splitting. splitting. <laughs> if you don't A-B split test, you ate nothing. <laughs> from true. True. From the perspective of the users, we will probably uh, discuss a little bit more of that when we will get to the social dilemma discussion of this podcast. If users are going to appreciate mm -hmm. more ads, or, more text on their ads, or, or less. at least, or like starting at the point, like, are they going to notice it? Are they going to notice it? I think so. I actually went into um, a few different ad accounts, and I noticed that Gymshark. If you know them, mm -hmm. I'm following also their uh, like head of social. They're yeah, doing great stuff. I noticed that Gymshark was using a lot more text on their ads, 
So I think they're also experimenting a little bit with that. They do a lot of video ads, so. But um, but I thought that was quite interesting to see that they already jumped in and was doing a lot more text. Yeah. So let's let's see how it affects things. Yeah. I think it opens up creatively for sure, and I think it also reduces Facebook's um, probably manual processes of reviewing. And of course. So they're probably looking at it from a business standpoint of like. How to make it more uh, yeah, efficient. Yeah, exactly. Like they're sitting there with both like an AI tool that has to get better and better at reviewing ads and the manual review processes around ads. Probably looking at it like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably also because they've gotten a lot of uh, pushback from major brands. They're not advertising on the platform anymore. So there's probably a little bit of that. Like they're not making as much money as they used to. Maybe this is one of the areas they're cutting costs. Mm. Actually, I think. I'm not super sure about this, so if it's not right, please cut it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's cut this from the podcast if I'm wrong. <laughs> no, we're no, going to keep it in. But I actually, um, I've seen an article that was kind of detailing like what happened to Facebook's economics as a result of the Facebook boycott from advertisers. And they went up? No, I think actually they slightly went up, but like they were, like it was not really like... Noticeable? Affected. Yeah, it was not really affected mm, or noticeable. Okay, so maybe that my theory is completely wrong. So we see. Also, I think we are like living through interesting times with, um, you know, COVID-19 happening and so There's on. There's more social ads. Yeah. Also, other, like more people brands. just, you know, consuming. So yeah. more more ads are being shown to people. Yeah. Mm. Makes yeah. sense. But to get back to the original question, how it is going to um, actually affect like the average user's experience on the platform, I would say it's not really going to affect it because mm-hmm. I think like normal users if I think about it, are perhaps by this point already kind of blind to advertisement on on the platform. I feel like you are not really noticing it anymore because it's it's kind of like, it's an almost organic part of the platform, right? So I think it's just became like a normal by now that those are there. So text or no text doesn't matter. It's just everyone's blind to ads. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, maybe, Mm. yep. Well, what is for sure going to be noticeable is uh, if LinkedIn stories that were just launched in some countries are going to spread worldwide. So right now, LinkedIn introduced stories, which is basically more or less the same what we are doing. I really liked your segue. <laughs> yeah, I was also like, wow, that Sorry was to cut nice. you off. You're just like, <laughs> now on to LinkedIn stories. We've got to move on to that. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off. Keep going, Eva. That was brilliant. I love yeah, it. I just I, had to mention. I, I also wanted to. I just had to mention, like, that was a segue. Yeah, that kudos. was an Oscar-winning segue. Okay, sorry. LinkedIn stories, yes, they've been launched. So what do you guys think? Is this going to be um, a help for professionals looking for network? Is it going to be actually used by the users? Because, you know, LinkedIn is still considered something somewhat uh, more of a professional platform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, can I go first? I think you sure. went you went first previously. So I know now, it's your turn. Now it's time. <laughs> now for, it's your turn. Yeah. So show us your let's genius. be fair here. But basically, um, I think I'm not going to expand actually really deep into what Chris was speaking about on on his LinkedIn video, which you should definitely check out if you haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> Threatening. Hashtag plugging. Um, <laughs> but I think it's gonna be uh, exciting overall on the LinkedIn platform since um, it's always kind of like. Well, not just one step behind the other platforms, but actually several steps. So sometimes it, even in this year, it felt like Facebook 2012. Um, now it's going to feel like 
Facebook 2016, 17 almost. Um, and I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what people are going to do with it because it's, I, I have a feeling that it's going to be in the beginning like the wild, wild west. Like people won't know, like they won't really know what to post there. They won't have their best practices because, you know, like you have your best practices already for for Instagram or for Facebook stories, but those are personal and, uh, and also the platforms are more about sharing personal content, well, for, for most of the people, at least. And then on LinkedIn, it's going to be all about, you know, work and, and work life. Mm. So I'm, I'm definitely interested to see how that will play out. Um, Chris mentioned earlier uh, that I found very interesting that it can be um, a big opportunity for employers. Why do you think that? Uh, for our employers, because I think it's going to be, I think it'll be able to show behind the scenes more of what's going on and to show your company culture in an easier format. And I think we also talked about it being less like as important as the feed. Like you're sometimes worried as a company, like, am I putting out like the right thing here on the feed? Is it too loose? Is it not professional enough? Is it like this or that? And I think the the sheer you know reduction of how important this 24 hour story is because it's going to be gone tomorrow that or uh, in a week or whatever the sort of timeline is it, it allows you to open up and do things like quicker and that's also what we saw with snapchat with instagram with facebook stories it allowed people to reduce the the sort of like pain of posting something that had to be perfect. It was a complete sort of uh, antithesis to Instagram, which was like every post on the feed had to be perfect. And then Snapchat came in and was like, no, no, this is a 24 hour story. Like it can be completely, like completely uh, unprofessional or unnice or just very behind the scenes. And that's also what, why they blew up so fast. And then Instagram did the same thing. They're like, okay, it gives our users a chance to just share random content. And I think it's great for, for LinkedIn as well, for employers and employees of those companies to share that random content that doesn't fit in the feed. It doesn't feel like it needs a, a professional feed uh, place. So I think it's going to open up a, a lot for, for employers to show uh, behind the scenes and show the authenticity of the company. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not totally sure about the market share, but do you guys, can you guys imagine that uh, LinkedIn with this new feature would be able to steal some users from other social media platforms? Oh, I don't think so. No, I mean, yeah. no, I think they're pretty, I think it's, the thing is, is that everybody's using almost everything now. Which is a good question, actually. What is your go-to? I know this is a totally not on topic, but what is your <laughs> what is your go-to platform? Is or let's say top two. If you had to pick two platforms that you had to keep, yeah, what would they be? Well, I'm I'm shy about it since I'm working with social media and I should be like super hip and trendy with the platforms that I'm using. And of course, I was uh, at some point using TikTok as my primary. Um, but now I'm actually back to using Instagram and Facebook, which is interesting because hmm. I'm using um, Instagram as like a primary also like messaging and like yeah. just to consume some so content. So you keep Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. And Facebook I'm using for uh, groups because that's where I feel like the most, like for me, the yeah. most valuable content is yeah. actually living. So LinkedIn could never replace any of those? LinkedIn for me is like uh, something I would check third or fourth time okay. after. Like after in, those? Yeah. 
What it's, about you? It's interesting that you mentioned this because this is exactly why I asked the question. Because for me, the the number, the first two that uh, that I track is LinkedIn and Instagram. Yeah. So me and, too. I would say LinkedIn and, and Instagram and are my maybe first Maybe it's an two. age question as well. No, and I don't think so. It's we're just old. Like, and yeah, we're, we're so old. old. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not, guys. But and but I think I think it's just it's not like maybe maybe it's not like an age question, but rather yeah. just like a question of like what is your current strongest interest? Probably. Yeah. But I noticed on myself that. Um, LinkedIn actually takes more time. Like I spend more time on LinkedIn. So that's why. Interesting. That's so yeah. LinkedIn and Instagram. Mm. I would probably say the same. Yeah. And then uh, Twitter third, Facebook, Facebook, TikTok fourth, and then Facebook fifth or sixth, maybe even. But that's the thing. The problem so. with TikTok is that like once it becomes the number one platform, there are no other platforms <laughs> you're using because it's like TikTok, 9 p.m. And then it's like, wow, it's 1 a.m. Okay, I should go to sleep. <laughs> I, th- I think it, it actually goes for all, but yeah. that's also like the but, topic uh, of social dilemma, TikTok right? So is we will get there. something different, I think. Okay. It's, it's something else. It's more like quick television. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's not a, it doesn't feel social enough to me. It doesn't feel like I'm... I'm not DMing people there. I'm not like, you know, no, it, just like literally on. just watching content after content after content, liking, liking, liking. Yeah. And that's about it, right? Zombie so mode. It is kind of zombie mode. It turns mode. you off so much. Yeah. It's, it's such an interesting Your brain platform. Just, yeah. And you just watch we should have a We should have yeah. a dedicated episode for TikTok as well. We will. We will. We will. We so will stay tuned. You folks listening at home or in your car or on the train or on your bike or wherever the heck you are, uh, subscribe so you can be notified when we launch that TikTok episode. And in the comments below, if this is on YouTube or wherever the hell this is, <laughs> let us know what are the two platforms that you would keep and what's the one platform you would throw away? Just bin it. What's the one platform you'd throw away? If you could not, like, just like... Oh, Snapchat. <laughs> I would say the same. <laughs> Snapchat, what's the one you'd throw away? Probably. I've never been on Snapchat, so it's an easy choice for me. Well, so you already not- threw it away. <laughs> you already threw it. It was already in the trash. Yeah. yeah. It was in the Snap trash. Uh, I would also throw away Snapchat. Okay. Sorry, that was a little bit of an off-road. No, that's off fine, road. that's fine. I mean, we just like uh, mentioned uh, everything, and that's fine. Um, coming back to Instagram, though. So the most recent... Hottest news is that Sir David Attenborough got to 1 million followers more quick, quicker than Jennifer Aniston. So, Who? I'm kidding. <laughs> Who? Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Who's that? She was my like, Rachel? She was like my grade nine crush. <laughs> Who is your crush from Friends, Andy? Good question. For legal reasons, I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> For legal reasons. Okay, I think, so. I think actually, if I would have to say someone, I think it would have been uh, probably uh, Monica. For some reason, I always found Rachel kind of annoying. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. I, I'm with, I'm Team Ross, guys. Now team we, Ross. Now they, we <laughs> they were on a break. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> team Ross. I'm also Team Ross. They were totally on a break. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know. That, that, eager- is a, that is a that is a, a marriage breakup question right there. Like, no, yeah. we don't talk about that. In, so that's in my why family. I'm saying, for legal reasons, I was just joking. None of this is true. I don't have a crush from friends or from any other TV show. And he's not on Team Ross. Uh, 
Ross. <laughs> and I'm not on Team Ross. <laughs> Officially. <laughs> okay, good. All, All right. right. So, so David Sir, Adden- Sir, Sir David Attenborough. Yeah. He kicks Jennifer Aniston's butt. But I don't know why we're comparing that thing. Like, <laughs> I don't know why Jennifer Aniston has. So she got. Is it because she got to a million followers faster than anybody? It was yes. kind of a record. So she was the she, record. Yeah, exactly. And, then and he I, broke yeah. the record. Yeah, mm-hmm. by half an hour yeah. or so, right? Yeah. Wow. So why this could happen? What David, Sir David, I'm sorry, Sir David Attenborough should have that Jennifer Aniston done? Because well, what does he have? He's, he's got a sweet voice. Yeah. That. British, that, that narration voice, man, you can't, can't beat that. No, he has that. <laughs> but I also think he's like, uh, you know, I think we talked about him as being the grandfather of the planet. Yeah, the grandpa of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> and I think everybody loves him. He doesn't have like any detractors. Nobody's just like, oh man, I hate that guy. <laughs> Nobody says that about him. Um, everyone loves him. So I think it's it's an easy one. Whereas... There's a lot of Team Ross people that would not follow Jennifer Aniston, right? So there's a lot of those that said, no, <laughs> no way. Uh, Jenna Ann can keep her keep herself there. And, yeah. But I f- yeah. I think Sir David Attenborough or Mr. No, Sir Attenborough. Sir, you, I think you need sir, to say so. Yeah, Sir Attenborough. Show I respect, think, Andy. I think he just became such an essential part of culture, like... It's not. It's not even mainstream. It's. It's like he's in everything. Like I think, especially my generation, but I think even like generations before mine, were just growing up with like listening to documentaries about nature, about different kinds of animals, different places on the planet, and he was narrating all of that. Mm-hmm. So I think he is just so interconnected with basically the whole population of okay okay i got it everybody loves him yeah. cool but just to like look a little bit behind the scenes so what else happened with him what you mentioned earlier okay okay so <laughs> i know that he is in general raising awareness of you know that we need to save the planet and that guys you also need to save the planet <laughs> and we are saving the planet so too. recycle this podcast share, <laughs> share it with your friends upcycle it please exactly Recycle and upcycle. Um, but he also had a uh, new movie coming out or a new documentary coming out um, on Netflix um, called Life on Our Planet. I think yeah. that's the title of it. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to watch it uh, actually this very evening. So um, I think there is some sort of you know connection there. And mm-hmm. I think it is part of the PR push yeah. towards the movie and what he was saying actually was very very transparent in his first post where he was saying like listen guys of course not with these words but he was basically saying listen guys this is a very new way of communication for me but I'm aiming to reach out to a, an even younger audience um, and the younger demographic and um, and if this and, is what it takes yeah I'm then I'm gonna it. join Instagram and um, yeah, I think that's also like a brilliant message. And I think it's also a humble message. And it's very much like um, everybody can get on board with that. It's it's not, you know what I mean? And I think that's why he he grew so fast. Yeah. Right. Because it's 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 very. And I think it's also because you kind of know what kind of content you're going to get. You're going to get that Nat Geo sort of world planet animals stuff like you're going to get explorative stuff you at least you'd hope to um so i think that's where 
you kind of know what you're getting versus a Jennifer Aniston or a Kanye. Like, you don't know. You're going to get some mix of celebrity something. Yeah, my breakfast. Yeah, like, I'm so, yeah, and I don't think he's going to do yeah. that. I don't know what he's going to do, but I don't think he's going to do that. But I think there's a more solid sort of thematic thing with Sir David Attenborough than there is with a, somebody else, I think. Yeah. So I think that's where the, the sort of growth lies as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to actually yeah. seeing where he is going to take yeah. his uh, profile or this whole channel to. Mm -hmm. But I think he's just going to use it for raising awareness of different environmental issues and and the whole fact that we need to make an even, uh, you know, I don't know, stronger effort to save the planet because, you know, there are glaciers melting, so on. So I think he's just going to do that. Help to amplify that, yeah. Yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We wish him luck, for sure. For yes, sure. I'll call him up today. and <laughs> <laughs> Go Sir David Attenborough. <laughs> <laughs> All you right. can have him on the podcast. <laughs> oh, that would be so that awesome. Be can you imagine? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I wouldn't say a word. I would be just like, please talk more. <laughs> please. <laughs> well, that, let's see how far this goes. <laughs> I'm going to have to beef it up a bit. Yeah, we need like 400 more episodes. <laughs> yep, yeah, but exactly. guests, guests are definitely something that we plan to have later yes, on. Absolutely, on the show. Yes, absolutely. That would be yeah. awesome. If you guys have some recommendations of guests, please hit us up, DM us, say, I want to be a guest. And if you're famous, we might say yes. And this also goes for topic recommendations or like any questions that you guys want us to talk about. Yep. And uh, yeah, just taking the opportunity here to say that we are quite new at this right now. So we also want to encourage you to leave a review for us. And what we figured out is that we are going to give away a bag that says social media sucks. Do we have the bag? And actually we should show the bag. Yeah. Let's get the bag. <laughs> Let's get the bag. Look at this. Get that bag. We gotta adjust it a bit. Well, it's just someone's bag that we stole for. Yes, but so this is the bag, and it says. It's a nice tote, guys. Look Ooh. at that tote. If you want to rock this tote <laughs> in the city, you know, people will stop you and say, "I agree with you. Social media does suck." It but then you can have an open conversation with them and say, "Actually, it's because I don't think it sucks. I think it's hard to do, but I'm going to try to unsuck it." Then, then you can start a conversation. It's a great icebreaker, guys. Or you can just start a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> or you can just start a conversation about it. But we're also doing, what else are we doing? We're doing the tote, but we're also doing other stuff, aren't we? Yeah, so the idea is that if you can incorporate the word candy in your review. Candy, as in C-A-N-D-Y? Exactly. Candy. Sweet as candy. Exactly. Okay. Then the tote bag is going to be filled full of Danish candies because we are based in Copenhagen. So Danish candies and a tote <laughs> coming at you. We'll pick the best one. We'll actually maybe next episode we'll read the best ones on air. And we if will, there will be any. If there will be any. <laughs> <laughs> They're all going to be me. I want That's the candy. Uh, but yeah, so we'll give you the tote full of Danish candy. It's going to be awesome. And uh, you could win it. But please review Leave us a review. Even if it's a one-star review, we're still going to read it. No, and we don't need one-star reviews. Keep those. We, <laughs> we want all star, any kind of star reviews. But write, uh, incorporate the word candy in your review, and uh, you could win a candy-filled tote social. bag. Social media sucks tote bag. <laughs> There's a lot of words there. And if it's the funniest, then even if it's a one-star, we will 
choose because we'll ch- yeah we'll pick yeah. the best one. Yeah. We'll read some as well. So give us your reviews. <laughs> Include the word candy in some fun way. Like I like Andy. He's sweet as candy. That Aww. actually is nice. Aww. Actually, it rhymes. Look at that. <laughs> Andy and candy. Okay. Just a, just a tip. Yes. Just a tip for all of you guys who might not like licorice. Just also mention that in the comments because most of Danish candy. We don't actually, care if you don't like if you don't like licorice. <laughs> I don't care. You're getting it. There's no Danish candy without licorice. So True. you're gonna get it. Just give it to your f- weird friend who likes licorice candy. <laughs> we all have one. Actually, in this country, I feel like I'm the weird one who doesn't like licorice. I feel for you. My daughter doesn't. It's the same. Really? Yeah, she's the only one in the family. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right, guys. So. Um, Let's talk about the social dilemma. So we all watched it, and we all um, we all watched it. It's <laughs> <laughs> as far as away. We all watched it. Yes, we did. We did watch it. I remember watching it. I watched it almost five times. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us why you watched it five times, please. Okay, guys. Just because my boss asked me to, uh, <laughs> but. Um, the cruel thing is that most of these things were kind of apparent to me before, and I thought these, like most of the things that the documentary or the docudrama is actually discussing, I thought these are also apparent to the wider public, but maybe they weren't. But I read a book called Hooked, and I was kind of aware of most of the issues with social media um, since I'm working quite uh, few hours weekly with it. So I, hope, I think it's about 37, yeah, 38 hours, like somewhere in there. <laughs> I would hope you'd be working on social media. So yeah, there were there were not so many news in it for me. Right. And and I felt like it was like kind of over dramatic. So that kind of also like, even though when I was trying to really listen to it, kind of removed, um, or it was just bringing on too much tension or I don't know, it was a bit sometimes um, weird for me. Maybe for me, the part when the AI uh, or the algorithm With the uh, was, yeah, oh, was, was um, impersonated by the three guys. That was a little bit... It's I the same know, guy. I just, yeah, it's the same guy. It's the guy from... Uh, Mad Men. Yeah, what's his name? Yeah, what was his name um, as the account manager? Yeah, he sucked though. <laughs> <laughs> I think he had his problems. Pete. His name was Pete. Yeah. I just felt that it was a little bit like childish, like over explaining and mm-hmm. yeah. But anyway, the topic itself, I mean, we can definitely agree that um, it is addictive and it is going to affect the future generation. I mean, Chris, you have kids. What do you think about this? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> deep, deep. <laughs> going, going for the, the kid talk. Um, yeah. Okay. Obviously I work in social media, so I'm completely biased, but I'm also uh, very aware of the power of persuasion and the power of marketing and the power of um, all media, right? So, I mean, like from the television to uh, print advertising to, I mean, all these things. There's a reason why we do advertising. It's because it's persuasive and it gets people to do things. It gets people to buy stuff. Um, And newspapers or media in general have always been used for both uh, economic purposes and also political purposes, right? So I know that, and I think there's a danger in all media. And now the latest iteration of the internet, which is social media, they've always been an opportunity for those who want to um, manipulate to manipulate. Now it's just happening at scale and at this speed, which of course is 
is, and they address they address this in the social dilemma, dilemma, which is of course the the big issue. And and we've actually talked about it openly in our family that children especially aren't equipped to handle this. Right, the their frontal I think it's their frontal cortex isn't fully developed. Yeah. They don't know how to handle these things, and some adults don't even know how to handle these things. Um, I know plenty of people that are. Um, mentally and emotionally manipulated by how many likes they get on social media. I mean, all of us are in some ways. I mean, there's the social status thing that comes with, with those things. Uh, you know, it's why we buy most of the things that we buy in our life is why uh, we do marketing, right? We're trying to make people feel like they need this thing in their life, which they don't really. So the truth is, is that, but, but for our kids, we've said, okay, not until they're 16, uh, they also mentioned that I thought that was really funny. Me and my wife were watching the social dilemma and she was like, what age do you think our kids should, uh, be allowed to? And I said 16 and literally like two minutes later in the film, the, one of the guys that they were interviewing saying, yeah, our wife and my wife and us, we don't even let them until they're 16. So I thought that was a interesting age, right? High school age where they come in and, and they kind of need some social media at that point because they're not being included in certain meetups or certain things that they're using social to to organize you know things in their life and at that point you kind of have to get in but it's really up to us as parents and i think that's one of the things they mentioned in the in the movie uh in the documentary is that parents have to be much much better at at teaching and leading the way on this. A lot of parents are just taking no responsibility. And I think that's a a major issue. I think you need to sit down with your kids. You need to monitor what they're doing until they're adults. Then they can sort it out. They're still your kids until they're 18. So sit down, have the talk and make sure that you understand what's going on in their lives. Um, yeah, sorry, that was a long rant. No, but. no, it's fine. <laughs> I just would like to add here that I, I totally agree um, in terms of the importance of education, but I would also say that it's not just for kids. Like, um, education should be also for people who don't know how to handle addiction. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And uh, it's somehow, for uh, for me, it's somehow like a social responsibility that uh, even... Um, I'm going to go there and say government has some role in it. Mm. Yeah. I think you're right in, in some ways because we do have things in place when it comes to addictive stuff. Yeah. Right. Gambling. We have regulations. Regulations. Basically. And we also have, so for gambling, we have that for cigarettes, for booze, for, for uh, sugar. Like for example, there's a massive sugar tax here in Denmark. Um, so there's things, the things that are addictive, the government obviously like has a, a place in there. And I think also uh, they have a place on the social media as well to regulate that a bit and say, okay, because clearly these, these social platforms have purposely put in addictive content into their or addictive things into their platforms. And they're going to be regulated just like the cigarette industry was, mm. you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it, that's interesting. 
Yeah. When it comes to our industry, I actually know um, a lot of people in advertising who feel a little bit um, bad about their job because they are not sure if they are doing the right thing. Like, right. are they contributing to manipulation? Are right. they contributing to um, brainwashing people? Right. What do you guys think of it? It's a very good question. I mean, as a social media agency owner, I think that... Um, I definitely have, we definitely have a ethical responsibility, a hundred percent. And that is why we only work with certain brands, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why we've chosen to work with certain brands. And if a certain brand came to us that was highly manipulative or wanted to be highly manipulative, we wouldn't take that. We would have a very, even if the money was amazing, we'd have a stand on that. And I mm -hmm. think it's important that, that agencies do that because like you said, People want to have ethical concerns. And I think the people that are working in this industry have to, to look inside, inside of them and say, what am I comfortable with? It's the same with lawyers. It's the same with doctors. It's the same with um, many, many people. They have to decide. Like, But if you work like for a cigarette company, you also have to have those discussions with yourself. Or, or even Coca-Cola. If you work with Coca-Cola or you work with... Um, you know, any sugary drink company or McDonald's or you work with an oil company or you work with even a pharmaceutical company, like everybody has to take in their own ethical concerns and decide, is this, am I okay with this, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, our position is a bit different in advertising, right? Because our job is about trying to affect the opinion of large groups of people while, I don't know, maybe a doctor or someone is just taking responsibility for their own acts and, and for their own part. We are doing something different. We are trying to influence um, larger groups of people, which can be sometimes, of course, difficult to manage. Um, but I would also say that we are quite lucky here at uh, Capco because we have actually amazing clients who only want to bring... Um, and this is no kisses, guys, who want to bring positive change to the world. <laughs> to be honest, I think that's, that's quite cool. We are privileged. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also setting that precedent and saying, this is what we want to do. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree with you. There are some ethical concerns, right? Obviously, yeah. we're complicit in some of that. Like, if we're spending money on the platforms... Right? We're helping advertisers spend money on the platforms, which is in there for increasing those platforms' ability to, to um, build technology that is addictive. We are helping those things. But I would say it's, 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 it's on the same level as all media in some ways. It's just social media has been extremely detrimental and good. Yeah. And it's at a scale that is just massive at this point. So I actually yeah. found very interesting uh, the part in the documentary when they were talking about um, that it might be just like another level of uh, evolving uh, technology, yeah. like how it was with television or how it was with radio or all other kind of media. And um, it's just like we need to like catch up with the yeah. pace and then we are going to be able to um, be more mindfully adapt to it yeah. and like yeah. kind of filter what is it yeah. that we let uh, us influence, ourselves influence. Yeah. I mean, I think there are already quite a few people who are 
practicing mindfulness in regards to social media. Uh, I also tried doing that. I don't know how much success I had in that. But um, I think it's also very interesting when they talk about like how much we developed throughout the past few years, actually technologically, while like biologically we kind of stayed just monkeys in shoes. So I think it's it's nice shoes, Andy. Nice shoes. I've seen your shoes today. <laughs> Please show your shoes. Those Andy. Nikes no, are, are no. deadly. Next time, guys, you need to keep on watching. We demand you. I, I think we should make it a segment always on. Guys, leave a comment if you want to see my shoes or not. I would assume you don't want to, but if you do, I you know okay. everything for the audience. Okay, sorry, we went off topic there. Okay, <laughs> hit us with what we what, we're monkeys with shoes. Yeah, we are monkeys in shoes, basically biological in in biological terms, and I think that's quite interesting to see like how these um, like persuasive technological solutions, like for example, when you pull down the feed, it starts loading and so on, can very easily affect like the central, very primitive parts of our brains to this way develop these addictive uh, behavioral patterns, right? So I think, yeah, in general, it's a, it's a big topic. And I think there are so many aspects to it. I mean, most of these companies that are running social media are some of the largest companies in the world. Yeah. Right? So if, if you think about that, I mean, that's... And they yeah, have so much political power and so much economic power and, and sort of can sway a lot of things. So I think... I mean, you know, um, The Four Horsemen, have you read that book from, uh, what is his name? It's eluding me right now. I can answer anyways, no. <laughs> but he talks about sort of Google, Facebook, Apple, oh, okay. and Amazon, and how they should be broken up, because they're too, they're too powerful. Yeah. Right? They got too, much, uh, too many people, too much money, too much influence over our lives, right? They need to be, to be broken up. Yeah. And I think... Um, that's also an interesting topic. I think we're going to come to those bridges pretty quickly and have to cross those and find out what do we do about these companies because yeah. they just have too much influence in the, in the world, sort of. Yeah. I agree with that, uh, that they, I don't know, in some way at least they need to be regulated, right? But I think it's also interesting to, to think about, like, for example, in yeah. TV, you only get like certain amount of time for each party. To, to, you know, yeah, yeah. to advertise the their side. Be on the political side and on yeah, Facebook and I Instagram. Think, and, yeah. I think it needs to be equally regulated yeah. on social media right. as well. Yeah. The regulations are just not there yet. But I think yeah. actually the movie in this sense is kind of quite a bit late because so many of the regulations and the solutions are actually in the making yeah. right in this uh, moment. Yeah. But if you're a brand... And let's go to that because that's who we talk to. That's who, like, you're a social media mm -hmm. manager at a brand. What advice would you give to them regarding these concerns with, with social media? That's a good question. Be mindful. Have a, have a moral code in place. Know your, like, have some sort of, like, moral compass on, like, a brand level, I think. Yeah. Where I, do you want to, how do you want to yeah. persuade? What are you persuading for? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a good way. I think the word that I would use here is integrity. Just as you mentioned, uh, that you as the founder of the agency has a very, um, I would say, strict view on the clients that yeah. we would like to work for. Um, it's also, it also goes for the individual employees and actually the creatives who are coming up with the concept and, and making it happen. 
that uh, you just have like um, you cannot forget your individual responsibility. Yeah. So it's just like having your integrity and like your mindset in the um, right place at the right place exactly. Yeah. All right, guys, Sorry. just to come back a little bit to our, to our topic. <laughs> yes. So it is Eva. I title is, is social media bad for you? And we actually put out a LinkedIn poll and drum rolls, please, because I can. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, so the answer is um, people, 65% of people think that social media is not bad for you and only okay. 35 thinks that is bad for you. Okay. So... Um, I just would like to finish on actually answering this question. What do you guys think? Is social media bad for you? Mm -hmm. uh, yes and no. I'm in the. I'm on the fence. What a crappy answer, hey? Yeah, kind of, yeah. kind of too diplomatic. Okay, it's a I, tough question. I will say, uh, is social media bad for you? It's more good for you than it is bad for you. I'll say that, and the reason why I say that is because. We have an ability to connect with anybody on the planet, share a connection, talk with anybody on the planet. That is immensely powerful. Um, and I think that I've personally built you know, a company on it and personally built my, a large part of my life on it. And I live, I'm an expat. Actually, you guys are also expats, but you're immigrants, just like me. And if I did not have that social media to stay in touch with my friends and family across the world, I don't know what I do. I'd have to be on the phone a lot and, and I wouldn't be a part of their lives as much as I am today. So I think that aspect is brilliant. And I think also the ability to, even on the brand side, like I love to be able to catch up with the brands that I love. I love seeing the, the latest BMW post or the latest Nike post or Adidas because I'm you know a fanboy on both sides. And I love to be able to see what they're doing and, and not just from a business standpoint, but from a, a fan standpoint and that to me is is super nice and super powerful mm. yeah so i would say it's better better for you than it is bad for you i would also highlight the easy connection and um and the education aspect of it as well i mean yeah. obviously there are still places in the world that do not have that easy of an access to the internet just to start with that uh, as we here in the privileged part of the world but um, when there is an excess it's um, it's just like uh, yeah education is much you can learn easier. anything yeah, yeah that's great possible yeah, yeah I, I completely agree with both of you and um, yeah just to sum up my opinion is like yes there are bad things to it but I agree that there is more good to it than bad um, such cool and amazing social movements could have never happened probably without social media such as like blm um, me too me too was really like me too yeah social media was the big uh, sort of platform for it yes i agree so i think what the social dilemma was not doing to a sufficient effort is not communicating the values that social media can create and um transfer from it's pretty one-sided. Yeah, it mm -hmm. is very one-sided. Yeah, I would say it's more good than it, bad. It should have opened up more debate on that side. I think mm. you're right. It, it was a little okay, showing yeah. the bad sides of it, and, and obviously uh, only focusing on those things. Yeah, and it kind of ended on a bad note as well. It was like a very ending, doom and gloom. Oh my god! You know, the kids got arrested and shit. Was that like, was so cringe. Yeah, it was. It was pretty uh, pretty rough. 
And then it was like, follow us on social media. Just kidding. <laughs> no, but I love that troll at the end. That's so Yeah, that was nice. Maybe we should be the ones uh, gathering the aspects why it could be good. That could be cool. We will we will make a social post around we, that. We, we, we can uh, someday maybe make a not one-sided and not um, subjective yeah. documentary. Are you listening, Netflix? We are ready. <laughs> okay, just kidding. Um, <laughs> just like, just, I'm not ready to make a Netflix documentary yet. Okay, it's coming. It, it will be one one day, but yeah, I like the idea, Eva. Keep it in your pocket. I will, I will. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is what we prepared for today. And um, we hope that you enjoyed. And They did enjoy it. <laughs> we don't hope. Nobody's listening at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we just blah, blah. All right. Uh, but um, maybe we can say a little bit about uh, what we plan to do with yes. this podcast. So the Tune in next time. We're going to talk about influencer marketing. The goods, the bads, the uglies, the bads again. Yeah, we're going into all that. We're going to go through the latest trends in influencer marketing and hopefully give you guys some interesting thoughts about where that's going. We're going to talk about virtual influencers because we have a little bit of experience in that area, which is awesome. And so, yeah, stay tuned. Subscribe, review, like, comment, share, share twice. Uh, like it twice if you can. I don't know how you can unlike it and then like it again. That's also great. Uh, do whatever you got to do. Smash that like button. <laughs> Smash that subscribe button. That Nobody says that, right? Smash that subscribe button. No, they button. do. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Smash it with your face. Headbutt. Just headbutt it on your phone. Just bam. And subscribe. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Next time. Yes. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. This has been the Social Media Sucks Podcast.